0: Hello everyone and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock. Thanks for joining us again this week. Big guest on the show this week. The owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick, will be stopping by. We're excited about that, of course. And we're also excited about this Saturday's game against the Buffalo Bandits, the Toronto Rock. We'll be taking on their longtime rivals on Saturday night at five o'clock. Note that special start time, and that is, of course, due to TSN's broadcast schedule. As the game was not originally scheduled to be the NLL's game of the week, but it does happen to be so this week. Now, TSN five at five Saturday night, the Toronto Rock and the Buffalo Bandits. Unfortunately, we're going to be going one more game without fans. Ontario provincial restrictions limiting fan capacity in venues such as First Ontario and Scotiabank Arena and in Ottawa, same thing, uh, to 50% or 500 whichever is less. So still dealing with some restrictions here in Ontario, obviously, but by the time the March 5th game rolls around, if everything continues to go according to the government's announced timeline – The Rock will be able to have 8,500 fans at First Ontario Centre in Hamilton when they take on the New York Riptide again on Saturday, March the 5th. So no fans in the building, but of course we will be able to feel you long distance here by watching on TSN 5 at 5. Let's jump right into the podcast this week and welcome our guest. As mentioned, owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dallick. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock. Along with me now is the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thanks, Mike. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Uh, Let's start off with the formality and talk a little bit about this week's game and the fact that there will once again be no fans. Of course, provincial restrictions right now allow for indoor venues the size of First Ontario Centre, Scotiabank Arena, that type of thing, to have 50% fans or 500 fans, whichever is less. And obviously, First Ontario Centre would uh, qualify in the 500 range. But once again, like the last two home games, The Rock will be playing without fans. So just wondering if you can talk a little bit about that initially off the hop and just kind of explain um, the decision behind not playing uh, with any fans here.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the the reality of it is, is as as much as we want to get our fans back in the building and all that, that working with the number of five hundred just, you know, it, it makes it very challenging. And we didn't want to get into a position where we were saying that you could go and you couldn't go, and this and that, and and. Um, you know, fortunately, they once again changed the, the, the game to the game of the week on TSN, so it will be on TV. But it looks like this is our last game. That's what we're anticipating, and, and you know, we we're, we're, can't wait to get back in front of our fans at the beginning of March when it looks like we'll be able to have at least 50% capacity in the building. So um, it, it was just a decision to keep going one more time like this like i said we'd love to have everyone back we didn't want to get into the in, into the business of trying to decide you know with it being such a low number who who could get tickets and who could get in there and and further furthermore so
0: absolutely yeah and there's a lot of under underlying other obligations that go along with running a game with people in the building and whatnot too that uh also uh i'm sure contributed to that decision so let's quickly shift gears to last last week's game in philadelphia where you did have the opportunity to play in front of fans what was that like for you for the team for the coaching staff everything just being in that building and feeling that buzz again after you know not playing without fans here recently for games in toronto
1: yeah it was great i mean they had a they had a good crowd in there um i was I was impressed with the crowd that they had in there, and it was uh you know philly loud and you know that's a great building to play in it's a big building um when you walk in there and look around and and they have a great tradition and and their fans are great and and they had good support that night so it was great to see um you know didn't, didn't seem like business as usual kind of there in philly which is which is encouraging, so I was happy for them it was a great environment.
0: Now, of course, everybody's probably buzzing a little bit more popping around with fans in the building a little bit of uh you know regular vibe, but then you know this game didn't start great for the Toronto Rock on saturday night uh how were you feeling <laughs> seven seven and a half minutes into this first quarter
1: yeah, i mean it, on, on, really it's it's kind of been a theme this year unfortunately, and you know we have battled back in a bunch of these games and it's, it's just challenging, and and it's not the way we wanted to start. And and you know when you go back and watch the game again, I mean it it's 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 real easy to blame the goalie, but you know when you look at those goals that we give up, you know you gotta sometimes you're asking yourself, well, who's gonna save that? Like no one's gonna save that. So it's a combination of everything. We've just got to start games better because when you put yourselves in a hole um you know it's t- it's tough to battle back from those so it was good to see um luckily we didn't have to wait too long to battle back from it um I think Slade and maybe Tommy got got a couple quickly back there after we fell down 4-1 so got us right back in the game but um yeah, it's but no seven-minute mark first quarter. wasn't thrilled. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what? Do you, what clicked? What changed? I mean, like you say, a couple goals popped in, but I even felt like even at the end of that first quarter, it's five-three. They get kind of a probably too easy goal to get, you know, their fifth on the board there. But it still felt like, for whatever reason, the Rock had kind of gained momentum it's, for some reason at that point. I'm just wondering. What you uh what you thought at that point and just what you think really turned the tide in this game.
1: Well, I mean, once again when you go back and kind of look at it, we had we had a couple of really good chances early and and um you know, we didn't we didn't score and they did and and it's that's just the game, so you know, sure, if you continue to do those things over a 60-minute game, you have to figure out they're going to pay off in the long run. It's a short sample size, seven minutes into a game. But, um, you know, we just, you know, we started a lot better. It was a focus. We started a lot better versus Rochester the week before at home. Felt like we were ready to go right off the hop. And, and, and you know, it, it wasn't that the guys weren't ready to go on Saturday night because they were, but it was just... Once again, we found ourselves, you know, down 4-1. And, when, you know, not that you're have 4-1, seven minutes into a game, out of a game, but what what you then are is in the danger of, you know, if you let the next three or four in in the next five to ten minutes, you you might be out of a game, um, you know, against a good team. It's really tough to come back. So um, the guys worked hard, and... and um you know, got better, obviously, as the game went on.
0: And one guy who has certainly got better, it seems like, as this season has gone along, is Dan Craig. Scored a career of five goals and nine points in Saturday's 14-7 win over Philadelphia. Talked a lot about, you know, this team needing to find that lefty offensive guy who is the number one. And it was kind of like scoring by committee, perhaps, on the left side to begin with and waiting for who is going to be the guy who's going to develop the consistency and be able to do it almost every game kind of thing, right? Adam Jones exits, Johnny Paulus exits in the offseason. Dan Craig seems to be stepping up and moving into that role. Maybe just talk about what you've seen from him since the start of the season to where he was last Saturday night in Philly where he was just – on fire
1: yeah I mean Craig has been great for us really from day one I mean um, you know he, he's the most experienced guy on our left hand side he 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 works hard he does he does a lot more than you know put the ball in the net and get assists he's a he's a huge repeat possession guy loose ball guy on the offensive end for us and and he just he works real hard so it's, it's nice to see him get rewarded for that uh, like you said, he's the most experienced guy over there. We're kind of leaning on him and maybe putting him in a position that he wasn't, you know, ultimately comfortable with at first and I think maybe becoming a little more comfortable on it. He's super talented, great teammate, works hard. Um, I, I was real happy for him on Saturday night and, you know, a 5-4 and four game and, you know, Craig is just you know, acting like, you know, just another night at the, at the at the rink. And that that's what he is like. You know, he's got that talent and, and he's a humble guy and he just works hard and great to see him get rewarded with the stat line because that, you know, there's games where he can do a lot of things for us and we come out of that game and we're, we're real excited about what he did and, and maybe the stat line with a goal or two and a couple assists doesn't, You know, get a guy talked about, but when you really break down what he does in a game and what he creates for his teammates and and his team by the little things that go unnoticed, um, you know, very valuable part of our team.
0: His partner in crime on offense right now seems to be Tom Schreiber, who is scoring at a fairly ridiculous pace right now with 19 goals. And, of course, he's not going to get back those couple of games he missed. But, you know, when you start doing some math, he was in an 18-game season on pace for some pretty crazy numbers. But you look at Tom's game right now, and Matt Sawyer uh, said last week on the show that, you know, and I've seen, heard him in other conversations saying he thinks that Tom's the best player in the league right now, especially on the offensive side. Um, I don't know if, like, watching Tom Schreiber over the last couple of years, if I thought, honestly, there was a, a true another level to his game. But it seems like he's gotten there. And he is shooting the ball with confidence, shooting to score. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I think this 3-4 goal a game pace that he's on – really might continue like he's showing no signs of slowing down right now whatsoever
1: yeah I, i'd i agree with you i mean i think a lot of things go into that i think you know number one he's probably as healthy as we've ever seen him here in toronto going back to maybe when he first showed up um had that great rookie year so that's a major factor it's just at a really good point in his life i think right now i've heard him mention dad strength a couple times but you know i had this had his little baby lily a couple you know probably almost a month ago now um you know he's just in a really good headspace, and and you know he he spends a lot of time working on his game even when he's not with us video all these things you know anyone that's played with him or been around him knows what kind of talent he's got and i just think he's a lot more comfortable out there. And it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, uh, you know, we've always kind of believed he's he's capable of that and more. And listen, he's a team guy, right? You know, and Tommy loves to score goals and this and that, but you know, first and foremost win and if he's the one setting up all those goals and going 0 and ten and whatever and and we're posting W's, he's gonna be just as happy with that. But it, it is great to see because He's a huge critic of himself, you know, even from day one when he came in here. It's like, okay, listen, you know, you're going from shooting on a big net with a goalie with no equipment with a stick up to shooting on a small net, a big goalie, lots of equipment, mm-hmm. stick diamonds, you know. So I did a comfort thing, I mean, um, you know, gone are the days of Tommy and his American box experiment. I mean, he, he is he's showing uh, – you know and we were teasing him about you know he has you no know, six goals and no assists like he doesn't do whatever <laughs> but he's really showing uh you know everyone always knew him for being his playmaking ability and this and that and he's just showing you the diversity of his game right now and and that he is one of the elite goal scorers if not you know the the, the top guy in the in the game right now um so it's great to see I'm really happy for him and and you know like Dan Anyone that watches our games, he's another guy that, you know, everyone talks about scoring goals and whatever, but he works so hard, man, and and offensively and loose balls and just doesn't quit on anything, and and that makes him even more valuable.
0: Next guy I want to talk about is Brad Cree. Uh, His stat line right now pretty much has him at the top amongst uh, defenders, second in loose balls in the league and first by – a fair margin over Mitch Disnew in uh, cause turn- turnovers at 23. Mitch has got 16. Brad had seven cause turnovers in the last game. And uh, is this the year he is finally going to get some legitimate consideration for Defender of the Year?
1: Well, if he keeps playing like he's been playing over the last two or three weeks, he will, um, you know. and And those of us around him that have been around him for a long time, you know, what we kind of expect and and uh you know I'm sure Brad will tell you the same I I thought Brad just kind of got off to an okay start like not he wasn't bad or whatever but he just wasn't being his dominant self that we've become accustomed to and and expect out of him now on a you know it's like once they show you something that they're capable of doing something you expect it every night you know from a management side of things and so uh you know, I don't think he got off to the greatest start at to at, at begin the year, but the last you know th- two, three, four weeks he's really uh, finding his stride, and, and last week was dominant. Like you know, those those eleven, he's not a face-off guy anymore. So those eleven loose, he's not even on the ball team. I don't believe um, you know. So those 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 stats are seven cost turnovers, super impressive, and. uh yeah, he was he was a huge part of of our defense and leading our defense there in the second half and doing what they did.
0: And I should qualify my uh, second in loose ball stat. That's second amongst non faceoff guys. Right. Technically, he's in third with Trevor Baptiste, uh, well out in front of everybody. Um, next on my list of guys to talk about, Nick Rose. And I want to go back to the Halifax game as it seemed to serve as a bit of an overall reset. I think in a very positive way for this team. Uh, come-from-behind-type effort, an overtime loss, come up just short. You know, Nick Rose gets pulled. Hollow comes in, plays well. Everybody knows the story. But then we get two really strong performances in a row here from Nick Rose, the win over Rochester, the win over Philadelphia. Do you think, when I talk about this game serving as a reset, the game against Halifax, do you think we get those two goaltending performances from Nick Rose had he not kind of had the struggles in the game against Halifax in terms of not necessarily a wake up call, but I guess I'm thinking more of a reset and the fact that it kind of, I think served across the board as something like that for the team, but maybe more so for a guy like Nick Rose, who didn't quite have his game, obviously um, especially against Halifax, but certainly has turned the corner the last two games. Yeah.
1: I, I, I might've turned into a reset, but I I don't think it was really. I think it was, I think it was a bit of an eye-opener you know the, the 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 team wasn't where we wanted to be um you know I'm sure Ro- well I I know Rosie wasn't where 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 he wanted to be in his play um and you know when when you're starting goalie and and like he's been here for a long time and you know you've been struggling to start the year and Let's you know not playing up to where you expect yourself, or we expect him to be, and and the team's struggling, and and then you get pulled in a game, and you know um, I'm sure there's a lot going through your mind, and and um, you know I'm sure I'm sure he's feeling a lot of emotions with that rose. He's not stupid. He knows he he, he knows what's going on here, and he knows that what his job is. So um, he maybe a reset for him. We changed up, but he changed up a few things, worked on some things with B and this and that. But, you know, to me, what he did was he answered the bell and, and, you know, fu- we fully expected him to, um, it can go one of two ways, you know, you can come out of that and, and, and you can do what he's done the last couple of weeks. And, 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 you know now starting to feel better about his game and confidence and all those things or you can come back out and 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 not do it again and then who knows where that goes from there cuz that's just a bad spiral thing you know and uh you know uh, uh, we're happy to see Rosie rebound and and you know has looked more like the you know in last week there I said to some people like you know that might have been one one of the best Rosy performances I've ever seen. Um, you know the D we gave up. Yeah, we struggled out of the gate. Um, we gave up two goals late in the second quarter, um, which were the only two we gave up in the second quarter, and then nothing in the in the rest of the way. So really, two goals in in three quarters. I think they were about a minute apart and late in late in the frame. So you know that was one of he just looked like he was feeling it. Combination with the defense, the defense was great, and uh, you know it was great to see because you know we we need that. Um, you need that in this league to to win, and um, it's good for Rosie, and and hopefully it continues. And and uh, I know he's working hard on it, working hard at it, and you know let's let's ride it out.
0: Well, let's chat about this week's game coming up against the Buffalo Bandits. Obviously, everybody knows they're six and zero. We've talked about good starts. Um, the Rock have scored the first goal in three games this year, are three and zero. The Bandits have scored the first goal in every one of their games. They're six and zero. I don't know if the emphasis here is just on a good start or what the emphasis is necessarily on uh, coming into this game against Buffalo, but obviously a massive game that not necessarily a must win for the rock but you know down one nothing already in the season series this is a very important game for this team this week
1: yeah especially if we want to be having our say and and who comes out on top in this division it, it's an important game from that standpoint it's always an important game when we play buffalo you know a lot of respect for for their organization but we don't like them and they don't like us and and they're our biggest rivalry and you know, it's all about beating the Bandits. So, you know, our focus is on our on us right now. Um, we can't control what they're doing outside of when they play us, and, and they've beaten us already and beat us pretty handily down in Buffalo. So um, it's time for us to continue kind of on, on the path we're, we believe we're on. And, uh, you know, we're well aware of that it's going to take our best to beat them on Saturday night. And if we don't show up and play our best, we're not going to beat them. So... Um, that's what we plan on doing. And, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll find out what happens here in a few days.
0: Did you dabble in any cheesesteaks on the weekend in Philadelphia?
1: I did a little bit. What'd you go with? I didn't, well, you know, it was more, I didn't really have a lot of options. I had a Geno's one at some point, actually more probably a Pat's guy than a Geno's, but just based on, we didn't get downtown Philly to, you know, where they are across the street from each other. So, um good trip to philly it was great you know we haven't done that as a team in a long time uh we had the trip to halifax a little bit earlier it was quicker a little bit quicker in and out but you know we don't travel to the states a lot as a team we don't you know it has been a long long time since we've done that we we have done that and obviously those trips uh, so those are important those are important team building trips and you know, when you can put a win, slide a win in there, it makes it even more, you know, kind of team bonding, great weekend, whatever. So we're just hoping we can build on that and continue kind of on, you know, the path we believe we're on right now and, and, uh, you know, believe in the things we're doing.
0: All right. One more game without fans. We're, uh, Pretty excited. Uh, It's a bit of a weird feeling around here. I think you'll agree that it's such a big game this weekend. And I think usually, you know, we'd be talking about just the atmosphere and what it's going to be like. And the first time playing the Bandits at First Ontario Centre, like all this stuff would have been amazing, you know. And that's where I think we look back to that game against Philadelphia, too. uh, Or sorry, against Halifax and think. You know, with the way that game was going, and some of those individual performances in the game, the comeback—you know, Zach Man scoring four goals, all those things—it would have been like, you know, maybe we would have got that push from the fans to come out on the right side of that game. Maybe that was the the small difference that could have happened in that game. And now it's like you're coming up against Buffalo, and uh, without the fans, it's going to be—it'll uh, be interesting. You know, yeah, and,
1: and listen, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. For um, sure, I really look forward to, you know getting these restrictions lifted and at the border too. And can't wait for Banditland to you know, make the shorter, much shorter drive up the highway now in these games. And, and, uh, you know, our fans return by going down that, that's part of the great rivalry and, and we welcome that, and, you know, uh, look forward to it. I mean, I, I th- we're on the right path. It looks like.
0: Yeah. I think we've all, uh, We've got this game circled as a big one this weekend, but obviously March 5th as well, when the Riptide uh, come to town for the first game with uh, fans back in the building. About 8,500 will be the capacity for that game, and uh, we're looking to obviously fill each and every one of those 8,500 seats for that game.
1: Yeah, that would be great. I mean, uh, it'll just be great to have fans back in the building, and for them, you know, like uh, we're still going, and and um, you know, it's it's worked out nice that. We have been the TSN game of the week, the, the three weeks we've had to play here with no fans. Um, you know, not that it's a heck of a lot different from the TSN direct streaming and, and all that, but um yeah, it's 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 gonna be great. It's gonna be great to see them back. They miss it, we miss them. It, it, it isn't the same without them there and, and we want them there. They're part of the, they're part of the family.
0: Can't wait. Can't wait. That's what I keep saying to everybody. Just can't wait. All right, Jamie. Well, uh, thanks for taking some time today, and I am positive we will do this again soon.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we will, too.
0: (laughs) All right. That was Jamie Dowick, the owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rock Short Break. More Toronto Rock Total Access in a moment. Back to wrap up Toronto Rock Total Access. Thank you to Jamie Dowick for stopping by on this week's show. And we do have to remind you that tickets are on sale for the final four regular season home games. That is March the 5th, March 26th, April 2nd, and April 16th. Tickets are on sale now for all of those games. All right? So the only game right now that will have any limitations on it after this weekend will be the March 5th game at 50% capacity, which again, like I said, uh, off the top of the show here, 8,500 people is what we'll be able to put into First Ontario Centre per the current provincial guidelines and restrictions. So you can go to torontorock.com, ticketmaster.ca, however you would like and purchase those tickets. Or if you're interested in perhaps a 90s pack that includes two tickets and two fanny packs for 60 bucks, You can do that right now as well by going to torontorock.com. And if you go to the ticket menu, drop down, find the 90s night pack, click on it. You'll go to Ticketmaster. You'll be able to purchase that. Select your two seats or four seats or however many you want in multiples of two. And you will be able to buy the 90s night pack. So you can do that anytime. And again, that's for the March 5th game and 90s night. And tickets are on sale for the rest of the season, like I mentioned. And you can also go and pick up a welcome backpack, which essentially gives you tickets to each of the last four regular season home games, as well as the first home playoff game. All right. So big savings on that. It basically works out to a half season membership. There are some of the benefits that come with a full season membership are available with the welcome backpack. But the big thing is, you get access to five games, four regular season home games, and the one playoff game. That's how you get to five as a part of the welcome backpack. You can go to TronRock.com to get all the information you need on that. Exciting stuff going on around here as well. We will have news on a special promotion for Kids Night on March the 26th. That will also be a five o'clock start, and that will also be a game on TSN. But We will have some exciting news around that game. Special ticket offer for the kids on that game as well. That will be likely put live on sale next week. As long as everything goes according to plan. All right. So all that and more coming up here in the next few weeks around the Toronto Rock. And some great ticket offers coming up. But we want to see you back in the rink when we can starting on march the 5th we're excited we hope you're excited too that will about wrap up this edition of toronto rock total access so in the meantime and in between time that's it that's all another edition of the show is over and done with i am mike hancock saying we will chat next week